And again today, the lovely melody of Some Golden Daybreak introduces another bright spot our gospel radio program, Harold Cyclist speaking, uh, Mr. Garrett at the beautiful Hammond, Oregon. And we trust that God shall help us to be a blessing to every one of you by the radio. In fact, we have no other motive, no other purpose in the program daily except to lift the name that is above every name and be the inspiration and blessing to you that we desire to be. With the Hammond, Oregon to commence the program today, a beautiful hymn, and you'll recognize the melody because he lives. Again, today is prayer time on the Bright Spot Hour, and every day we look forward to this opportunity where we can fellowship with you uh, in prayer. We accept the invitation of the Scriptures to approach the throne of God's grace boldly in the name of Jesus our Lord. Our Father, we come to Thee today to pray because we recognize our need. We recognize also that Thou art a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God, and with Thee nothing shall be impossible. I bring my listening audience to thee and ask that you bless every home, every person by the radio. Thou dost know their individual need. Thou dost know the individual need of that home. And I pray today it may be supplied. Bless the suffering and the sick. I pray for the aged and for the shut-in who are not able to be out to find their way to the house of God as we can enjoy. May the bright spot hour be a help to them in a special way as we bring the message of the cross and the message of the Savior, the Lord Jesus, into their home every single day. Thank you for the years that we've had this privilege of broadcasting about the Lord and for the gospel. And I pray that thou wouldst give us other years of ministry and telling the story of Jesus and his love. Supply every need that the broadcast may be kept on the air if it's God's will. And we'll give thee thanksgiving. And we pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Now, Mr. Garrett, at the beautiful Viber Harp, and you appreciate the instrument. In fact, many of you write to me and tell me how you enjoy uh, Mr. Garrett as you plays his instrument. Another favorite number 
on the Electrobabarb in the garden. Thank you so much to my late grandfather and also the late Mrs. Garrett for the wonderful music provided on the Bright Spot Hour today. Your Bibles are open with me, please. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 2. Elect, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. By the grace of God and your listenership, I'll develop these scriptures on the Bright Spot Hour in just a few moments. I continue dealing with the matter of sanctification. Today, we are dealing with practical sanctification, the matter of practical sanctification. Be sure not to change your radio dial. The Bright Spot Hour is a work of faith and a labor of love, depending upon the Lord and our many friends to enable this door of radio broadcasting to remain open. And now here we are working our way through the first full week of the month of March in the year 2023. Uh, the Lord willing, toward the end of the week, I'll have on the 7th, 8th, and 9th, I'll have some vintage broadcast of my late grandfather. I'm positive that you will enjoy them on the program coming up on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I make available my grandfather's commentary on 1st and 2nd Corinthians, a verse-by-verse, line-by-line commentary, 303 pages. In length, my grandfather deals with every verse and every chapter in both 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Allow me the opportunity of putting this good book into your home you may have it for a gift of $20. 
I make available the most uh, requested sermon my grandfather ever preached during his lifetime, Can God. My grandfather brought this message in 1973 on a Sunday night, May of 1973. I was in the service that night when my grandfather brought this great message. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? I'll send this to you on a compact disc, and they are $10 per copy. I make available my grandfather's sermon number 52 on the Battle of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon. Sermon number 52. You and I look at uh, events in the world today and all that has gone on over the wintertime in the Middle East with Gaza and the nation of Israel and then Iran and Lebanon and Syria. And I I wonder, are we at the end of the church age? I, I, I wonder. I live every day in anticipation of the sounding of the trumpet and the catching out of the church. I'll be glad to send this sermon to you on a compact disc. They're $10 per copy. You write and request yours. Our mailing address, the Bright Spot Hour, Post Office Box Number 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. Our email, Dr. Ben Carper at Yahoo.com. Find us on social media at Getter Odyssey, Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, and X. 1 Peter 1, verse 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Now, I've been dealing with the matter of sanctification. We have seen a comparison between justification and sanctification. Today, I'd like to move forward. We've been dealing with the matter of positional sanctification that every born-again believer has at the moment of the new birth. The born-again child of God enjoys positional sanctification at that moment. Now we have the matter of practical sanctification. Now, whenever we talk about sanctification, generally this is this practical side of sanctification is what people uh, refer to. They make a reference to the matter a practical sanctification. My positional sanctification is invisible to, uh, to men and women. I have that in Jesus Christ. I am now bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. I've been justified freely by the work of Jesus Christ once and for all. My position is perfect in Jesus Christ, while my practice is not always perfect. In fact, there's not one listening to the Bright Spot Hour now that has lived in a a life such as you wish you had lived or wish you had been capable of living uh, throughout the course of your life. Uh, There are many areas in my life where I would to God I was a better Christian than I am. And uh, and your testimony would be very much the same. The, The area of practical sanctification in my understanding, cannot be separated from this 
growth in the grace of God and maturity in the work of the Lord. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Then Peter goes on to say later in the same epistle, Peter says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is my opinion that this matter of growing in the grace of God is inseparable from the area of practical sanctification. Sometimes we have the idea that, uh, you know, you get, get saved and immediately there's a revolutionary change that takes place in your life. And there are many people that were alcoholics and they got saved and they threw the liquor bottle away and prostitutes got saved and they stopped their prostitution. And I rejoice in that and I praise God for that. That's the miracle working power of the new birth experience. But I would not say that a drunkard that gets saved and pours all of his liquor out is sanctified in the area of growth and the grace of God. Truly, he has experienced the transforming power of the saving grace of God. And I, I marvel and rejoice at that. But he will spend the rest of his life growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter opens up his epistles, 1 Peter 1, 2, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. And he closes his epistle in 2 Peter 3, 18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we have these two bookends. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God. And the other bookend where Peter closes is, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, it'd be just as wrong for me to say that a saved drunkard, and I've seen many drunkards say that never took another drink of alcohol after their, after their new birth experience, and it never took another drink of alcohol, but I'd be just as wrong to say that a 40-year-old a man that's an alcoholic that gets saved and he pours his liquor down the drain and he never takes another drink and he starts going to church on Sunday and he goes on Wednesday night and begins reading his Bible. That man is no more matured. He has developed his faith no more than a young six-year-old or seven-year-old boy in our Sunday school that goes to a Sunday school teacher and says, I want to be saved. What do I have to do to be saved? I don't want to die and go to hell. I, I, how can I get saved? And the Sunday school teacher takes the Bible and shows him Romans 10, 9 and 10, and Romans 3, 23, and, and uh, Romans 6 and verse 10, and Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And in childlike faith, that young child says, yes, I want to be saved. Yes, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and he prays and receives the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. If both of them have been saved two or three or four or five days, however long they've been saved, neither one of them is any more mature in the things of the Lord than the other. 
I wouldn't take a 40-year-old man that had been saved a week that turned from his alcoholism and give him a Sunday school class to teach any more than I'd take a little six-year-old boy that's been saved for a week and turn a Sunday school class over to the little six-year-old boy. Obviously, the 40-year-old man has greater life experience. He's lived 40 years, and the little six-year-old boy has only lived six. Certainly, he has greater life experience. He's experienced many other things. He's certainly much more mature as a man than the six-year-old boy. But neither one have had any greater or lesser time to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The area of practical sanctification is an outworking. It is a development. It is a product of growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, no man can be practically sanctified that has not been regenerated. So without the matter of regeneration, without the matter of the new birth, there's no need for us to even discuss the matter of sanctification, the matter of growing in the grace of God. In fact, sanctification without the new birth becomes self-righteousness. We have Pharisees today that live by the letter of the law, and they would condemn you and me in a heartbeat, that it, but, but they've never been born again. They've, they've never been regenerated. The matter of practical sanctification begins at the moment of regeneration. The initial stage of sanctification would be regeneration. And in the matter of regeneration, we have sanctification because the born-again child of God, now that he is saved, has been separated from Adam, as in Adam all die. Even so, in Christ shall all be made alive. So the initial area of sanctification has become a reality because the saved sinner, the regenerated individual, is no longer under Adam's condemnation. In Ephesians 2, the Bible says that we were children of wrath. We are the lost sinners identified as a child of the devil. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do as a liar from the beginning. And, and so on down the line, the, the Bible goes with all of the attributes of those that follow the devil, all of those that are under the power and dominion of the devil. In salvation, there's an immediate sanctification for the believer because I'm now no longer a child of the devil. I'm not regarded in Ephesians 2 as a child of wrath, but I'm now regarded as a son of God, an heir of God, and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. There is an initial or an immediate area of sanctification for the regenerated believer in that. I was under the fatherhood of the devil, year of your father the devil, and now I am under the fatherhood of God. I'm a child of God, a born-again believer. But now, in this matter of practical sanctification, the sanct practical sanctification is a lifelong experience. 
you and I are to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as we grow in grace, and as far as I am concerned, there is no growth in grace apart from growth in knowledge. But Peter said here in 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now the tragedy is the vast majority of our churches across the land are not given to this matter of knowledge. Many of our churches, they must have a sign above the door and it says leave your brain in the glove compartment in your car when you come in. And I've run into people that said, look, I don't go to church uh, to learn anything. I go to church to have my heart warmed. I want a heart warming experience when I go to church rather than saying I've come to church to grow in grace and to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is my estimation that no born-again believer can be well-pleasing unto the Lord that is ignorant of the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The only place that you and I can learn the knowledge of the Lord and Savior is in His blessed Word. Now that's going to require you and me to spend time every day reading the Bible. The most important thing I do every day is read the Bible. The second most important thing I do every day is pray. But the most important thing I do every day is read the Bible. How, am, how can I say I believe the Bible if I don't read it and know what's in it? How can I act upon the Bible if I don't know what is in it? How do I know what the will of God is if I've never read the Bible to find out what the will of God is? It is not possible that a child of God can be well-pleasing unto the Lord. I don't care how sanitized your life may be, you can be sanitized and not be sanctified. The Pharisees are sanitized, but as far as I'm concerned, they are the far world's farthest from the matter of sanctification. The believer is to grow in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as he grows in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he begins to understand what God's will is. He begins to understand what God's governing principles are for his life. He begins to understand that Christ is the center of everything we do, Christ-centeredness. And all of these things work together in the matter of sanctification. Now, we have the idea that, that if, if a man's going to be sanctified, then he'll be meek and humble and lowly and people will walk on him and wipe their feet on his back and, and you know, he'll be uh, humble, meek, and mild and so on. But as I read the Bible, I discover that we are to bear the infirmities of the weak, but I also find that we are to stand and having done all, stand. And an unsanctified believer that is ignorant of the knowledge of God will not know the difference the one from the other. Now my time has slipped away from me. But the Lord willing, I'll be back on tomorrow and we'll continue dealing with this matter of practical sanctification 
I hope you will hear the Bright Spot Hour at that time. We trust today's message by Dr. Ben Carper on the Bright Spot Hour has been a blessing to you. Write the Bright Spot Hour at Post Office Box 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. Visit the website at thebrightspothour.com. This is Mark Ferguson saying listen again tomorrow for the Bright Spot Hour. Same time, same station, same gospel.